Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Monday, October 5th, 2020. So, per usual, like I spent a couple hours gathering the latest news, and you pointed out to me a trailer for a television show called Hellstrom, right? Yep. And both Aaron and I are kind of embarrassed that prior to seeing this trailer, we were unaware of this show, uh, which is debuting on Hulu next week on, on October 16th. And not only that. No, Jim, I got to go one further. I was unaware of the Hellstrom TV show while I was watching the trailer for the Hellstrom TV show because oh. it wasn't until like the last oh. frame when they went Hellstrom and I went, really? That's what this is that I've been watching for the last two and a half minutes? Okay. <laughs> okay. The fact that this thing got ordered by Hulu back in uh, May of 2019 and we kind of surprised that we didn't pick up on that announcement or that it was shooting starting in October of last year in Vancouver. More to the point that this show is supposedly the first series in the Marvel television Adventures into Fear franchise, which I've heard nothing about. Which begs the question, what is the second show? <laughs> <laughs> I get that I'm in New Hampshire and you're outside of Indianapolis. We're not in the, the red hot center of the entertainment world, but... Who's doing PR for this show? Apparently nobody, because we just found out about it when the trailer dropped, and I, I think the memo got stuck in the fax machine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it just never made it through the other side. Now, you, when you made me aware of the, the Hellstrom trailer, you at least seemed familiar with the characters or the, the yeah. comic books. Can you talk a little bit about them? Or? It's the Son of Satan. I mean, uh. I don't know how far we want to go past that. I mean, we've had a Lucifer television show, and that was based off of Neil Gaiman's Lucifer, which came from the Sandman comic books, hmm. and then became his own series in DC, and then, uh, like, with John Constantine, mm -hmm. Hellblazer comic books, tied it heavily into that. And usually, whenever you've got a TV show with the devil, mm -hmm. the general public, especially in the Bible Belt, gets very, very vocal about how they're not going to watch that show because it's the devil. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of surprised that they were going to work on this character at all. And then after I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, really? This is a Hellstrom thing? And then I had mm -hmm. to go back and watch it again to look for the Marvel logo. And there wasn't one any mention of Marvel at all in the trailer. And I was like, so are they distancing themselves from this in a way that they don't want you to think it's part of the MCU? Not that they're ashamed of the material or, you know, no, no, they think no. it's bad. They just, you know, don't want you to go, oh, is this an MCU thing? Hmm. So they're not going to put their their title card right up front when this trailer hits. And really, when I watched it, it, even though I'm familiar with the source material, there was nothing about it that said that this was Hellstrom. Hmm. I mean, there are things like, you know, when you see a trailer for The Matrix, you knew that was a Matrix movie. When you saw a trailer for Lord of the Rings, you knew that was Lord of the Rings. When I saw this, it was generic, dark, creepy witchcraft, maybe. Hmm. And then they said Hellstrom, and I went, if you say so. I wonder if if there's another factor in here, you know, the fact that so much 
of what Marvel Studios is doing these days. And trust me, folks, we're going to get to this in the second half of the show. The number of limited series that Marvel Studios is doing for Disney Plus, and the fact that this is was set up to go to run on Hulu. I get that Disney's a partial owner of Hulu these days, and it's as they say, it's complicated. But you know, nothing upfront identifying as Marvel, or more to the point that that this is the first of a Marvel Adventures into Fear franchise, and this is. This is how low-key they roll it out? And and I can't so. really think of that many horror-specific Marvel things. I mean, obviously mm. Marvel zombies, but th- we've already got a glimpse of that when uh, Spider-Man tripped out in his last movie and got a hint of that. So I don't think they need to revisit that. I, mm. Morbius is already being covered by Sony Pictures, so we don't need to go there. There was a, a man-wolf. I don't think that was ever popular enough to approach that as a thing. And also falls into the Spider-Man nemesis realm, so that would be handled by Sony, not Marvel. I just don't know what's what's spooky in Marvel that they're going to create a horror series beyond well, I, Hellstrom. Well, I will make a point to reach out to the Hulu people this week, and by the time we do our next show, the first episode will have dropped, and you and I will eyeball it, and at least we talked a little bit more informed. Or, but again, I'm just kind of shocked that this one somehow got by us. Anyway, folks, lots and lots of news this week. But first, the news portion of today's show is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of Marvelous Disney. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Okay, so Aaron, <laughs> to the surprise of absolutely no one, and I think on the last show you were you were putting down not even good money on that they were going to move Black Widow. Oh, again. no, I, I just called it. I said, that's our movie for May. And yeah. uh, it was within hours of me stating that that it got Seriously. shuffled right on over to May. Yep. Seriously, we had recorded our show on September 22nd, and on September 23rd, this news dropped. That You're right, that they bumped all the way back to May 7th, 2021. But by doing that, that but then, of course, the Eternals had to move to a new slot. That Chloe Zhao movie went from a February 12th release date next year all the way to November 5th. So we are now a year and a month from today before we get to see that film. Now, how's how's that gap from the last time we had a, a an MCU movie was Spider-Man Far From Home? Mm-hmm. And we will have to wait until Black Widow, right? In in May. So that will be a full two-year gap. Yeah. In our, well, it, with the exception of we have to count WandaVision, is mm-hmm. part of the MCU, even though it's not a movie. It's uh, going to be the series. So that will be a thing. But I'm going to get frustrated by the order of things because it was supposed to lead right into Doctor Strange, but that got pushed back. So, Oyve, how, how yeah. bad is our schedule looking right now? It's all twisted into a nut. I was okay with Doctor Who and the twisty, turny, timey-wimey, but not with my MCU, darn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kevin is weirdly optimistic, and we're going to get to that in the second half of the show. So the, the mantra coming from Kevin on down is, absence makes the heart grow fonder. People loved the, the MCU. They loved the movies. We ended strong. They're going to want to see more. So when we finally do get these things to the theater, wait till you see the box office. Wait till you see the reaction. So it's like, okay, okay. The problem is that with these dates getting pushed back, and remember, Marvel loves to, to keep secrets and loves to tell stories in its own way. But, for example, now we're now starting to get 
information about the, the plot of the Eternals, largely because the Eternals action figures, a couple of them have leaked out. And there's one for a character called Crow, that's K-R-O. And on the back of the box, it reads, A powerful deviant unlike any other the Eternals have faced over the millennia, Crow's appearance is a harbinger of a global threat. They talk over movies that are really bad with mm. his sidekick. <laughs> Crow, is oh, that no. are we, is No, that no, no, about? you see, no. That I could have gotten behind, but uh, trust me, if you, if you go and Google Crow, uh, K-R-O, and Eternals, uh, you'll see the toy in the box, and he's a pretty slimy-looking character. So <laughs> He almost looks like he was venomized by something metallic. You know, he's got that slick, venom, yeah. gooey-gooey symbiote look Eek. to him almost a little bit. All right, so sliding back to Black Widow now again. So it abandons its November 16th release date. And so exhibitors kind of hold their breaths, and it's like, okay, so we lost that one, but we'll be okay just as long as Bond 25. No time to die. As long as that's for Thanksgiving, we'll get people to come. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, MGM announces that it's pushing back the release date of Bond 25 from November 25th, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, to April 2nd of next year. And was Regal's news directly following that? Two days, two days after right. that news broke, Cineworld, the company that owns the Regal Cinema chain here in the United States, they announced that they would be closing all 542 theaters that they own here in the States, plus all of the cinemas they own in Ireland and the UK. And that's 45,000 people who are employed by Cineworld. So the press turns around and says, okay, so... You reopened, and now you're closing in. When do you see yourself reopening? And what the execs said was, we honestly don't know. Without a steady stream of tentpole pictures from Hollywood, you know, the sorts of movies that people actually go out of their way to see mm -hmm. at their local cinema, our business model just doesn't make any sense anymore. So we're shuttering all of our cinemas for the foreseeable future. And when they were pressed on, well, when might you reopen? And it's like, well, we might reopen in 2021. You thought it was expensive with the $15 popcorn. Wait until you have to buy a $200 plane ticket to go to the city <sighs> that still has a movie theater mm, in uh, I, the next two years. Because they've all shuttered because there's, there's nothing to support them. But the thing that fascinates me is the comment out of Cinema World that they don't see a way back to reopening until Hollywood starts regularly yeah. and, you know, and in a consistent basis right. putting out these tentpole films. Yeah. And Regal's not the only place that shut down or had people you know, laid off. Disney just laid off 28,000 cast members. Now, 67% of those were part-time employees. And a quarter of those layoffs, 7,000 people work at Walt Disney World. But it's affected all divisions of the company, and that includes Imagineering. Now, Aaron, remember, you and I have talked at length over the last two shows or thereabouts about the Battle of Wakanda super deluxe e-ticket attraction. I mean, we you looked at the art, and it's just, no way. <laughs> you know, this, so now no. what I'm hearing is you're going to be giving a complimentary MacGyver paper clip and rubber band, and you'll have to figure out how to make your own attraction out of that. Uh, I, I think you actually have to buy. <laughs> there is no Don't give. forget the mint <laughs> gum that holds it all together and uh, keeps your breath fresh in the Florida uh, heat. 
So the Battle of Wakanda ride was supposed to be the Super Deluxe E-Ticket, the marquee attraction at the three Avengers campuses that Imagineering was planning on building around the world. There's going to be one at California Adventure, at the Disneyland Resort. There was going to be one at Hong Kong Disneyland. And there was going to be finally a third at Walt Disney Studios Park at the Disneyland Paris Resort. But last week, 411 Imagineers were let go, Aaron. These guys, the 411, they only worked at the Glendale campus in, in California, I'm still trying to get specific numbers for how many were let go in Florida and in France. I've likewise got feelers out to friends who've got ties to the Tokyo, Hong Kong, and Shanghai Park. With the, the laughs of Imagineering last week and Disney's decision uh, to decrease capital spending, but again, that $900 million. The Battle of Honda ride is now officially on hold, not canceled outright. If there is... A COVID vaccine, some by the first quarter of 2021, they anticipate maybe being able to start recalling Imagineers to come work for the company and revive projects and that sort of thing by the fall of next year. But even then, it will be reduced stuff, going to reduce rates. So it's going to be a while before we can get on that Quinjet with the Black Panther. By the way, though, did you see the mural that got un- unveiled while we were away? Yes, for Chadwick? Yep, yep. Uh, Nicholas Smith, he's a concept artist, or, or he was a, uh, an illustrator and comp- concept artist for Walt Disney Imagineering. He painted this mural at the downtown Disney Anaheim nighttime entertainment shopping district. And it's this lovely image of the then 43-year-old actor doing the Wakanda Forever salute with a young, to a young boy who's dressed in a hospital gown and, and wearing a, a Black Panther mask. And what's interesting is that Nicholas, he just finished up his career at Walt Disney Imagineering. And in fact, just interesting, you want to talk about a guy who dodged a bullet. He retired just ahead of this layoff. But the last two projects he worked on for Imagineering were the children's hospital projects. Uh, they, they work with... Chad, the, the group out there in Orange County, the Imagineers do, do a lot of special stuff for the kids in that hospital. For example, they have their very own, the turtle, the sea turtle from Finding Nemo. Hey, dude. There uh, we go. There yeah. we go. They, they have a, a turtle talk with Crush. That attraction in the park is done for, you know, like a hundred people at a time are in a room and have this intimate experience talking with the, the turtle. What they've created for the hospital is a one, you know, a one version, just that this little sort of alcove at the hospital, you know, that's supposedly a giant aquarium, and they they will wheel the child down there, you know, with their family, and Crush will come out and talk to the kid by himself for a half hour. The cast member who's backstage who's working all the controls and that sort of thing, they deliberately give them like a half hour off afterwards because it's so emotionally draining to do right. this yeah. um but yeah i mean i just that's the thing they, the managers are constantly doing things at this hospital but the other thing uh, that nicholas was working on prior to leaving he was actually working on the avengers campus so you know he was all into the black panther world and so when they were looking for somebody to do something for this he immediately volunteered and found uh, some imagery of, of chadwick and you and i talked about how he would visit kids 
in hospitals, you know, during his own struggles with cancer. Mm-hmm. And Smith just felt, you know, this is the image I got to do. And, and I have to honor, you know, the, the Black Panther T'Challa. And it just said, for millions of kids, T'Challa is a legend larger in life. And there's no one worthy to, more worthy to fill those shoes than Chadwick Boseman. But if you want to see this painting in person, downtown Disney is now open daily. Disneyland Park and California Avenger, not so much. Still close to the public. The Walt Disney Company and California's Governor Newsom are continuing to duke it out about when and how the state's theme parks can safely reopen. Current rumor, Aaron, is early November. All right, folks, I get it. A lot of depressing news. Front half of the show. Come back after this ad break, and Aaron, I promise, I promise there is some good news coming out of the Marvel's Tribe of the Street. Quick question, Aaron. Did Mm -hmm. you know that Kevin Feige is a big Disney fan? I would guess, considering they sign his paycheck, I would be, (laughs) you know, if if I got that little rectangle of paper every couple of weeks or so, I would be a huge fan of Disney. You have no idea how much I would love Disney. Okay, yes, okay. You can buy my love, indeed. <laughs> okay, yes, and there's probably a considerable number of zeros on that thing. Sure. But, but the thing is, Kevin, even before he was the ubermeister of Marvel Studios, he was a crazy level Disney fan. In fact, Robert Oslowski created this series of, of miniature sculptures of individual buildings at Disneyland, where if you were totally obsessive i want to say he made new pieces every couple of months for like five to seven years Mm -hmm. so if you were obsessive about it you could eventually assemble all of disneyland from the train station all the way up to the castle in miniature that include the streets and little horses and carts and that sort of thing and and kevin on his own not using any disney pole got this entire set and, in fact, has it proudly displayed today in his office at Disney. If you go, ever go to visit him in the Frank Wells building there on the Disney lot in Burbank, it's, you know, you walk in the door and it's like, wow, that is interesting. But anyway, I also wonder if Feige might be an Annie fan. You know, the little girl in the red dress hangs out with Daddy Warbucks. Uh, because, again, if you look at all of the stuff that Marvel has announced just over the past two weeks, I mean, I just, I picture... Kevin with his arms thrown out in the Disney lot going, COVID, what COVID? The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar, there'll be sun. The funny thing was, is I kept hearing your quote about Mm. planes Mm. coming in, jumbo jets stacked up, needing a place to land. And Feige's going, more jumbo jets in the air. Not busy enough. More jumbo jets. I know we can't land. There are no landing strips for hundreds of miles. But please, five more jumbo jets in the air right now would be great. And they are truly jumbo jets. Let's start with the announcement on September 25th that Variety breaks a story. Samuel L. Jackson is is set to reprise his role as Nick Fury in a new limited series that Marvel Studios hasn't developed for Disney+. Plus. I want to say it was after maybe even just Avengers 1, mm-hmm. where Sam Jackson supposedly had mm-hmm. in his contract that Nick Fury don't need to run. 
<laughs> so when I saw this announcement of, oh, we get a show, and basically Nick Fury is going to be behind a desk, kick back, going, yeah, you, you go ahead and deal with that. I'm just going to sit here because Nick Fury don't run. So what kind of no. adventure Nick going to have? And it's interesting you're expressing your concerns about an older performer because our very next announcement has to do with a newcomer, Iman Vellani, who's just been cast in the title role of Ms. Marvel, which, again, another limited series that uh, Marvel Studios is prepping for Disney+. And so I would imagine, given that she's a young lady, they can pretty much work around the will-not-run clause in her contract. Well, first of all, she looks totes adorbs from the picture mm -hmm. that they posted. Just bright, smiley, happy, mm -hmm. cute as a button. Looks totally great. Um, mm -hmm. What I'm most interested about with the sudden arrival of Miss Marvel on the scene is, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, Jim, you know her power is stretchability. Yeah. I've never been totally happy with how any of the Fantastic Fours have handled Mr. Mm -hmm. Fantastic's stretch look. Mm -hmm. To have a, you know, if, if I'm wearing a suit, a tailored suit, the sleeve should not stretch with my arm. The sleeve should stay normal. And I know they covered with, you know, when you when you get the Fantastic suit, it stretches with him. But, I mean, there there's issues, man. But anyway, mm -hmm. if that's her power... I wonder if they're going to get a crack at doing some, can we finally make a someone's stretchy arm look real? Huh. Because that's been a problem lately. Well, not lately, but the last several movies. Just like Hulk, when you know we, we had Hulk in the original Ang Lee Hulk. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty good looking Hulk, mm -hmm. but he was a mile away from the Hulk we have now. Where you can see the pores and the mm -hmm. and each individual hair and and stuff like that, you know that detail. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really more interested about. I want to see the special effects of the series. That's where our, where my interests lie at the moment. Okay, and remember, given that this is Marvel Studios rather than Marvel Television producing these limited series, I would imagine you're going to get the A team working on the effects of this thing. And sure, and yeah. and you gotta wonder how much of what they learn on Ms. Marvel will, in fact, be applied to uh, Fantastic Four. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Okay, and, and then October 1st, we got another piece of news, and this one really kind of surprised me, the, the, the one that Jamie Foxx, who originally played Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man back in 2014, has been signed to return to play that exact same role, in the very next Tom Holland's Spider-Man, what did you think? Working from home was that? Was that the There's, title? You yeah, there are so many versions of uh. of what it could end up being. It's so mm -hmm. when this news came out, I was smacked by gob, just straight up mm -hmm. gobsmacked. Yep, uh, didn't believe. I actually wanted to look at my calendar and make sure it wasn't April first. It seemed mm -hmm. like a really bad prank. Everybody kept saying it was news like it was a real thing. I still have a hard time believing it. That's where it gets interesting because the very next day, 
Fox hops on Instagram and says, super excited to be part of the new Marvel Spider-Man new installment. And I won't be blue in this one, but a thousand percent badass. And then evidently the folks at Marvel and Sony were like, could you maybe pull that down? And so he, he deleted it after, but after a while. But he himself commented and confirmed. So Okay, so oh. as long as if he's not the blue amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Mm-hmm. I have no problems with anything. The world can continue rotating just fine, mm-hmm. and I got no qualms. If they end up pulling out the Blue Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. I will poop in my hand and sling it at the screen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wow. will become like a monkey <laughs> who is behaving poorly. And all the way out that theater. (laughs) Okay, well, just to be clear here, you and I are not going to this movie together. I I am not willing to to take that that risk. Uh, Or at the very least, I I will have to see it beforehand or confirm with somebody else before. Right. So here's the thing. When the the news first broke, it was Jamie Foxx as Electro. I was just like, that's impossible because... You're taking one of the worst villains from one of the worst incarnations of the series. Why not an Alfred Molina Doc Ock? You know, if if you were really going to do a Spider-Verse, why not get one of the villains that was actually good and not the one that I think, you know, most people dislike. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the one where they stopped making Spider-Man movies, right? That's not a sign of success. All right. So <laughs> to pick the villain from the one that killed the... Fr- it would be like going back to Clooney and going, mm-hmm. hey, you remember those bat nipples everybody was talking about? We want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Let's double down on the bat nipples and bring Clooney back for a new Batman. Everybody would be like, nope, poo in your hand, fling it at the screen, walk out the theater. <laughs> Uh, and, and see, you know, if they're going to want to get those people to come back to work at Regal. And here you are, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Are they're we going to be showing that new? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Never mind. All right. Well, okay. Then now to follow this story with another one where I know you're going to, you know, liar, liar, pants on fire. But <laughs> right, seriously, <okay. laughs> this rumor is actually bubbling up. All right. It's just started in the last couple of days and it's on the heels of the trailer that just dropped for free guy the new ryan reynolds movie yeah but supposedly kevin feige is in conversations with ryan reynolds now now, again we've talked previously about you know the whole deadpool 3 situation and they can't quite figure out how to get a handle on it Aaron, this rumor buries the needle in the exact opposite direction. It's not a question of, are we going to make Deadpool 3? Mm-hmm. Feige supposedly wants to sign Reynolds to reprise his role as the Merc with the Mouth in a record number of Marvelous Cinematic Universe films. We're talking kind of in the same range as what was done with Chris Evan and Robert Downey Jr., with the first three sets of, of you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I'd, yep, um, I'm going to call Liar Liar Pants on Fire. Okay. So okay. when the, the headline was that mm-hmm. Marvel and Disney had signed Ryan Reynolds for the largest amount of money ever in the whole wide world for uh, MCU, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it didn't say it had anything to do with Deadpool. It was for an undisclosed whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Supposedly they're talking now. It's not necessarily a financial deal, but I'm sure that the finances will, will be impressive. But the whole notion is that we want to be able to use your take on Deadpool in multiple films going forward. I don't know. I, th- I think Feige signed up with Reynolds and gave him a big bag of money so he can sign up with Mint Mobile and get the whole Avengers team a new cellular plan. <laughs> Well, okay. So <laughs> I haven't seen this ad with poor Rick Moranis, who, who yeah. just got punched in the streets of New York. The, right. That's you know, not cool. That's not cool. Justice so. for Rick. Uh, um, but yeah, the commercial where he just shows up in the Mint Mobile commercial and Ryan just says, no, I just missed you. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, you don't want me to talk about Mint? No, no. All right, whatever. <laughs> It's, it's funny. Right. It's I love I love the irreverence. You know, of course you're going to spend a lot of money to get a, a superstar to unretire, and then mm-hmm. how are you going to use them? Just tell them you love them. That's it. That flew you all the way out here for this commercial just to say we miss you, Rick. Oh, I got to go check this out. Okay, yeah. that story broke on the the fourth, so just yesterday, same day, we learned that Sasha Lane, who's coming off of an amazing performance in Amazon Prime's Utopia has been cast in a key role in Loki. And we know this because Gugu Mbatha-Raw just revealed that production has resumed in Atlanta on Loki. She was shooting the uh, this original limited six series when the pandemic, and she actually talks about it, was in the middle of filming when the pandemic hit, so I took a real break. She went home, she read, she painted. She's now thankful to be back to work and just hopes that other people were able to use the time as productively as she did. Mm. And, you know, we talked just in our last show about She-Hulk, uh, which evidently is going to follow Loki into Atlanta. That the, the current plan now is that production gets underway there in February of next year. And, you know, we talked just last on our last show about Orphan Black star Titania Masley. Um, she's going to play the title role. And again, we mentioned the whole mythology that supposedly the She-Hulk character is a cousin of Bruce Banner? Yeah, she gets her power via blood transfusion of her (laughs) Hulk cousin. Which, you know, when you're in the hospital, I know you can't be picky, but it's just like, I don't know if I would trust blood from that dude right there because he kind of has a problem. Have you heard about the Gamma thing? No? Marvel has always thrown us for a loop. Word came out today that She-Hulk is looking to cast a 10-year-old boy to play a younger version of Bruce Banner. So that means flashbacks, I guess? Yeah, it could be from when they were growing up as kids to just do a little backstory of, look how close, because, you know, cousins aren't close on the family tree, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have a... An aunt and her uncle somewhere over there, that then they come over for the holidays, and, and then you have a little montage of, oh, you remember that one time when we fought over the whatever hmm. turkey leg and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Could be something as simple as that. Okay, okay. Well, all right. And, and finally, also just yesterday, uh, as part of the Paley Fest Fall TV Previews 2020, uh, the creative team behind, behind Marvel's 616, uh, the new docuseries for Disney+, Plus. they met with the press for the first time to talk of the show. And that docuseries starts airing beginning on November 20th. So again, we got lots and lots and lots of stuff brewing for Disney+. Plus, Which brings me to 
What one commentator over at, at Deadline said that I, I really wanted to share this, you know, just mm. said it in the wake of all this news said, you know, I'm looking forward to all of this stuff, but I really wish that Marvel would deliver a finished version of at least one of its Disney Plus shows before they then announced another dozen limited series, which brings us to WandaVision, which we don't have an official air date, debut date for, but I love people who are, are brighter than I am when it comes to computers, because evidently the images that were just sent out for WandaVision to promote the show, mm. somebody got into the source code, right? and it turns out buried down in the source code is supposedly the debut date, which is November 27th of this year. How many years before we get to Doctor Strange? Just one? I After Wanda? Or is it to 2022? We are now in Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football country. Every time I put the release dates out there, I can't possibly move it. And remember, we just we recorded a show, and the very next day they changed it. Well, part of it is I, I feel that because they've already got Falcon and the Winter Soldier delayed till next year, and all of a sudden mm. WandaVision can come first, but then we have to wait a couple of years for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and that doesn't seem quite logical. And then if you think about the way that they always interweave little threads and nods from previous films, you can't nod to a thing that hasn't happened yet and then have that thing happen later and, and have it make sense. It seems know, like know. they should just put the whole thing on pause. And then the other thing, like the, the, the writer was saying about they haven't gotten a show out yet and they've mm -hmm. announced several more. So just real quick, Jim, if you look at a calendar and these things are quarterly mm -hmm. and you've got WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then you've got, like, does that mean that we're only getting one season of WandaVision and there will never be another season two because they've got other shows? Because there's just too many shows right now for one calendar to hold. And it seems like everything is a one-off. Okay, but this time last year, we didn't know from The Mandalorian. And I'm sure the folks who were working on The Mandalorian were hoping that the reaction would be strong enough that they could get a season two and they could continue. So I think in a lot of these cases, and, and let's face it, you know, if, if you know, Nick Fury and Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and whatever the Hawkeye show is called and She-Hulk. And, you know, I mean, not every one of these is going to be big enough and it, you know, strong enough to, you know, hit to warrant a second season. I mean, it just the law of averages. Beyond just that, it's the law of the, the financial math yeah. would make absolutely no sense to double stack a, a month or mm -hmm. a quarter because you only need one show. You only need like one Marvel MCU thing in fall for mm -hmm. someone to subscribe. To put three shows in fall would just be stupid. It would be blowing your money in the wind for no stupid reason because you're not going to get necessarily three times the subscribers by putting out three different shows in that quarter. So you well, only need, now, you know, the one. So that means that's four shows per year if you, if you just break it down by quarter. And that means, yeah, you, you absolutely have to not even have a season two in your consideration pile. If it does take off like Mandalorian and everybody demands WandaVision season two, mm -hmm. 
and they put it in where, say, She-Hulk is supposed to air. So now you're going to spend two production budgets and two casting budgets and all that, but you've still only got the one subscriber, the one MCU subscriber. You're going to start losing money quick if you start doubling down like that. They only need one show in that slot. If this date in the source code is true, uh, we have Mandalorian Season 2 dropping on October 30th. Okay, that's a Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, we then have, let's see, November 6th, the 13th, the 20th. So they, by, it's episode five of, I want to say, eight, where now WandaVision and Mandalorian overlap. And, and I'm sorry, but it's like. You don't need it. You don't need it. And why Why are we moving up WandaVision? Because it wasn't supposed to be till December 31st originally. I, I get that. And now, I really do. even though Falcon and the Winter Soldier gets moved back, you're going to move this up and the timeline of everything gets all wonky as a result. Just doesn't make sense. And yeah, I mean, so much of this just seems odd and, and false. Okay, just want to drop one other thing into the conversation here that, again, checking in with the folks at Marvel, making sure who got laid off and going to head count and that sort of thing. And asked about the, so we have the one film, bit of, bit of film news, the, the, you know, the Electro, Jamie Foxx thing, and then all of this Disney Plus limited series stuff. And just got an interesting theory floated to me to the effect of we have all of this stuff that is already completed. You know, all of these these films that are waiting to get into theaters and we got product behind them. But what if COVID lingers and you're a Kevin Feige and you still want to keep your connection with your audience and, and the industry is getting better at shooting under COVID? Yeah, you're, you're doing love scenes from across the room and you know, you, you, a lot of your fight scenes have to go to CG because you just can't get people in the same space to fight. What if the reason that we're seeing this explosion of additional limited series is Feige hedging his bet to the effect of, okay, so I may not be able to get movies back into theaters for a while, but I can keep my connection with my audience if I, we ramp up the number of limited series that Marvel Studios is doing. Does that hold for you or... It does, but still, I question the. This is the first in a series of horror things that I just go. Well, then what's the second? What's the third? What what got you so excited that you needed to make this a theme, and this is a launching point? And why does it seem like it was almost hidden away from us, like it was a dirty little secret, and then re released rather unceremoniously with this trailer? At some point, when you talk to hmm. one of your friends at hmm. Disney and Marvel, hmm. and you have that conversation about what's up with Hellstrom, yeah. where did that come from, and you know, tell me all about it. Okay, I, I want to okay. know what that conversation goes like. Okay, we got two weeks till the next show. I will I'll start working the phones. I'll start reaching out. You know, hopefully by the next show, I'll have some answers for you. I do have one fun little story here before we go, because yeah. I, I I love me some James Gunn. Of all the movies that are kind of in a holding pattern, the one that a lot of us are waiting to see is Guardians 3, which of course can't go out the door until, or even get started until James finishes working on a Suicide Squad movie. And just this week, James started talking about while Suicide Squad was in production, 
James invited Kevin to come to the set and Kevin actually showed up. And I just, it's one of these things where given how competitive Marvel is with DC and certainly given how competitive Disney is with, with Warner Brothers, exactly how thick do you think that NDA was? I, you know, between uh, James and, and Kevin, uh, mm-hmm. I think they could settle it under a handshake because they understand the weight of their words leaking to the wrong place. So it's like if if Kevin were to, you know, pee in James's pool, so to speak, by leaking mm-hmm. information, oh, you mm-hmm. know darn well James would, would retaliate with, a, hey, remember how I got in trouble with a Twitter account? Watch <laughs> this, buddy. Oh, oh, interesting point. Interesting point. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on Hellstrom. Likewise, we'll keep an eye on this Ryan Reynolds story for for you folks. Again, fascinated by that one. I really want that one to work out. I just think it's a new mobile plan for the Avengers through Ryan's Mint mobile, but we'll find well, now out. Well, <laughs> now I got to go see that ad. That sounds great. Okay, so two weeks till we get around to our next uh, Marvel Disney. But in the meantime, folks, we have some other fun shows here the the Jim Hill Media Network. We got Disney Dish with Len Testa. We got uh, Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor. We got Looking at Lucasfilm with Dan Z. We got Universal Joint with Dustin Fuse. We just did a brand new one of those. I'll tell you what, folks, if you could do Aaron and I a favor, if you could head over to iTunes and rate and recommend Marvelous Disney, that would be very helpful. Likewise, if uh, you head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that buys the, fl- the plane ticket so Aaron and I can be in the same place and I can watch him fling poo at his screen, which is going to be the highlight of my life. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and then over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. Thank you on behalf of Mr. Animus for listening, and we'll be back soon.